I'm sorry, I'm nervous. No, I actually thought I thought we weren't saying only <laughs> Can we do that so, one again? No. Yes, yeah, it is hard. <laughs> no, so that Kira is um, the first and last guest we're ever <laughs> I feel like I've just um, I've gone it got in for a high five and I've missed it. I've just grazed the other person's hand. <laughs> So, uh, welcome to the fourth or fifth episode, depending <laughs> on what way you look at it. Um, yeah, so uh, as we explained in the last episode, the, the recording for the D, future episode. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the recording for D uh, got corrupted through no fault of anyone's. David. Um, it could have happened to anyone, but we're a unit, we're a family, and as a family, we all take on the same, we all take on the responsibility of the recording. Um, I think it would be wrong to harbour resentment against David for fucking up. Because you know what? (laughs) 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 Um, So, yeah. So, here we are um, re-recording it. And we thought it would be a good idea instead of just us pretending like it's new information that we've researched about D, which is Disney, um, we would present the information to our very good friend, Kira who is here to listen to us talk about Walt Disney and anti-Semitism and potentially... um, You forgot the term, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) What are you thinking Uh, of, Dave? That's it. What word? What was the other thing? Gay coding? Gay coding. Queer coding. Queer coding. Do you know that one? No, guys, I am looking forward to some education. I I am down. So let's... I'm very surprised none of you heard of this word. But what is it? Like, um, is it gay coding? Is it... Like gay people signaling to each other, I'm also gay in like a world that's heteronormative. That's guessing. Oh, that was the hanky code. Ah, okay. <laughs> you missed that one. <laughs> you can't listen to episode three quarters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all coming out now. It's been a busy few weeks. So, as always, um, I'm your host, Luke Gallagher. David O'Connor. Oh, that I have to be myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's okay, be Kira. My name's Kira. <laughs> Can, oh, I, can, I, can I say, can I say, can I say, Kate? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, fine. Uh, and I'm Kate yeah. Murphy. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> or ha- no, thank you, Kira, for joining us. Do you know, actually, this is a side note. Disney was one of the few words that I recognized before I was able to read. We had a magnet from the D symbol is done. Symbol. I knew that oh, was yeah. Disney before I could read, so that's a fun that also doesn't look like a D. Oh my god, I was going to say that. Like, I thought it was like a C, but I knew it was Disney. So I was like, I, like, I don't know my letters that good yet. Like, fuck it, maybe there's some new cursive <laughs> that like, there's a capital, <laughs> capital letter and it changes the form. Um, yeah, I, I just thought of that there. Like the Disney, the D in it Disney. Looks like a back, it looks like, like a backward C with an L. It really does. My brother's first letter that he could write was um, M for McDonald's. McDonald's helping literacy all across. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that another thing that's like the most recognised brands are McDonald's and Coke because it's in every country. That makes sense to me. Um, yeah, so this is just Disney's history of gay coding or queer coding and why it matters. That was the name of the article I looked at. I actually didn't really find out why it matters, but we <laughs> thought it was important. <laughs> um, so on Wikipedia, our favourite source of information, mm-hmm. queer coding is defined as the subtextual coding of a character in media as queer. So it's like the gender or sexuality is not explicitly confirmed. Um, 
but it's kind of hinting towards oh, that they're either okay. queer in some sense or another. Um, this is discussed widely, widely in academic research uh, of the media portrayal of LGBT people using queer theory or gender studies. Um, and then, do you know what queer baiting is? Mm, pretending you're gay to get some I like know you. what queer baiting is, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you? <laughs> it's when you're like, oh, wow, that guy is hot. Uh, or like hinting towards a gay relationship or a gay character in general being like oh my god here we go it's about to happen and then it doesn't happen or it happens and it's so small it's insignificant yeah yeah so there'll be an example of queer baiting in a minute um but queer baiting is basically when they're queer coding very very purposely to get queer people to be interested in your thing right okay um without actually then giving the representation that they were promising so like uh-huh, there's theories okay. that Anna, not Anna. Um, the other one. Elsa. Yeah, yeah that one. Uh, that she was going to have a lesbian relationship in the second one. And then they just kind of like let those ones fly, never confirmed, never denied. Just because they were like, oh yeah, like if you want to watch the movie, then that's how you'll find out. Is she gay in the second one? I never saw Frozen uh, 2. No. 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 But she doesn't get with anyone. She just she doesn't, just she, like, yeah, she just doesn't like people, <laughs> right? <laughs> she could be in a sexually romantic representation. But is it just coded? Or is it just coded? <laughs> but also, <laughs> to, to be, to be really a romantic, you have her to... Her mom. Be... No, we're, both her parents are dead, right? She aren't. Isn't isn't the in people... The second one, there was... No, aren't the, the two girls in Frozen? Aren't they Tarzan's sisters? And then, like, Tarzan's parents got into that shipwreck and then land on that island. And yeah, Tarzan... I think that's that's theory, yeah. yeah, I think they were like, "Yeah, that's what happened," but that's never going to come up in any other. Like, I think, I think the director of Frozen was like, "You know what? Yes. That was that was that was Tarzan baiting." Straight up. <laughs> Straight up, that's what it was. How many Disney movies have Tarzan baiting? <laughs> that's what I want to know. Where's that article? Uh, besides Frozen, is there any other examples of that, Luke? Yeah, so most of them are kind of coming from. Um, Far enough in the past, so queer coding is mainly with villains. So, like the 1989 The Lur- Little Mermaid, Ursula. This one was later confirmed to be directly inspired, but at the time they didn't confirm that. Uh, but she's inspired by a drag queen named Divine, um, mm. or Harris Glenn Milstead. So, like, I looked up a picture just to kind of see the comparison between the two of them, and like, that's what it actually was inspired by. There was people who were working on it who knew of this uh, drag queen at the time, and. Uh, he had died just a year before, so it was kind of like to honor him, but it wasn't confirmed at the time because it was, you know, just going into the nineties. It's not. They it's not very. Say, it's not very honorary if you don't acknowledge who the person was. Though. Yeah, I think it was the people who were like on the design of it mm-hmm. were the ones honoring it by putting him into the work, but it wasn't Disney. Uh, but Disney then later confirmed, like, oh yes, our design team did purposely design Ursula after this drag queen. Um, to, to honor the drag queen divine, but then at that point, it's like it, it wasn't Disney doing it. It was just people who were who designed Ursula and came up with the and, idea and of her. Little Mermaid came out. The Little Mermaid came out what ninety seven? I think was it ninety four or ninety seven? Uh, Eighty nine. Oh really? God, yeah. eighty one. It came out in the eighties. Well, yeah, the end. Oh. And then when oh, when did Disney when did Disney confirm that yes the inspiration for that character's design was this drag queen? 
I couldn't find that. There was no like definitive point where they turned from saying nothing about it to being like yes. Mm. There didn't seem to like be any come out about it. It was just eventually they stopped denying it or something. That's almost worse. That yeah. they, they didn't be like, okay, fine, you caught us. It was just a, a weird time in history. We didn't want to say it, that they just stopped denying it. Well, it's it's yeah. so that, 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 that kind of goes back to our conversation last weekend. And I was saying that like, don't, don't celebrate or like big companies that start cashing in on it. Like, you know, the trans movement because yeah. they're, they're the yeah. first people who will deny it or denounce it. If it affects their bottom line, as Kate said last week, like, they're, you know, and that's that. That's why I'm asking. You know, how long were they saying fuck no? It was like our totally our own idea. Like no drag queen was. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were like, actually, um, we're really into drag queens as our inspiration for movies. So like that's actually how we found yeah. it because they're just like really LGBT yeah. friendly. Disney has been it was founded on the idea of um, trans people. Oh, that's, that's us. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, that's really interesting. The next second one then was Scar from the Lion King. So that was like. Uh, this one I just thought was kind of loose. They were talking about like a, the sassy sarcasm that he kind of walked around in. Um, the idea that he was more feminine than his brother. Yeah, oh my gosh. Now that I'm thinking about it. Because I, I was going to say that perhaps is that not Jeremy Irons flamboyancy just naturally coming from the voice actor adding something of himself into the character. But when I think about it, even as a kid, there was something about Scar that he wasn't... Uh, he he wasn't as like manly or liony as as uh, Mufasa, yeah. and now I'm starting to think, holy fuck, maybe Disney has been drawing this parallel between being gay and like deviancy, like Ursula Scar yeah. is like all these like gays in their terrible ways. Mm. I don't know, that's, that's kind of fucked. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying as well. And gays then... and their terrible ways. What an incredible podcast name! <laughs> <laughs> We're rebranding queer <laughs> tales. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like the new logo, Luke, you have for Queer Tales. It's very, yeah, very sleek. Like. Very sleek. I like oh. it. I'm sorry, Kira, we have a rule that we don't bring up. Um, I bring up every tale. <laughs> oh, okay. Do, do they not um, do they not exist in the same universe? No, you no. see, our, our listeners don't really subscribe. Not oh, I see. You don't, don't want to scare away that listeners. That way of That's, thinking. Oh, okay. I do apologise. I do apologise. It affects our bottom line. <laughs> Maybe in 30 years. <laughs> there is no gay person on this podcast. Yeah, so then the last one then is uh, Hades from Hercules. Would you, have you seen Hercules? Steve, Steve. By the way, we're drinking during this podcast. If anyone wants to know what the constant crashing is, it's just us drinking. <laughs> um, I thought I'd get away with that because we didn't cut it on our audio side. Because you were okay. Not anymore. It's my fault. <laughs> and everyone took a swig after I said that. By the way, um, <laughs> it, I haven't seen Tar- uh, not Tarzan, Jesus, uh, Hercules for Hercules. a while. Is that is it Steve Buscemi who plays Hades? It's like a really known, well-known voice actor. I don't have that written down. Shit, I think it is. I think it is. Yeah, there's... So- Jamie, can you look that up for us? No, it's James Woods. Who, are you, are you He's doing, also is in that, Family sorry, Guy. Sorry, is that a Joe Rogan reference? Kate? That's a Joe Rogan reference oh. for all our Joe Rogan fans out there. That's going to that's gonna fit into what, the algorithm what, what real good. Rogan? Well done. <laughs> <laughs> a Joe Rogan-inspired podcast. What, what's a Joe Rogan uh, Joe Rogan's like, uh, aide on his podcast, is, uh, or his researcher is called Jamie. And he's like oh. a big fan favorite. 
Um, James Woods is the guy who James plays, Woods. Okay. Um, He's the guy that they hate in Family Guy. Yeah, the yeah, James Woods. He, he plays himself in Family Guy. Very good. So I know James Woods. Uh, same. I was going to make the same exact argument for Jeremy Irons' flamboyant character, um, or just like quirky, yeah. quirky actor. But I've seen. I, I actually watched Casino um, the other week with my parents. It's um, a Robert De Niro film. Like it's like a mob film, and he's in that. And he's he's not. He doesn't have any kind of flamboyancy about him in that in that role. And there's something yeah. about Scar and Hades that are just like I don't know yeah. what the word I think is. Hades but, in particular, I do agree with that one because what's one, the word? Because I like I want I want to say gay, but it's not it's not gay. It's, <laughs> it's like there's like this kind of affect way they speak. It's, and I, I'm not saying camp, but it's like something that's not stereotypically what we would consider a stereotype of mask like being masculine it's some something yeah. mm. something there is else. a word for it actually that i think that you're... yeah i can't find the word but it's i don't know it like a macho-ness yeah like no, they're not like they're the not like mr macho or something oh they are yeah. effeminate um yeah so like the article kind of goes on then to explain kind of how it works and oh yeah the why it matters he did explain it never mind sorry to the person who wrote this article <laughs> 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 um, wrote it. so their big thing Oh, I didn't take down his name because I didn't like the way he wrote. He was very just negative. And I was like, this should be a little less biased. Yeah, <laughs> fair. I don't like it. He's not getting credit. <laughs> Fuck him. Is definitely he? Uh, it was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, his big thing was like, there's a pattern of effeminacy uh, among Disney vil- villains, uh, painting their traits and goals as villainous. Mm-hmm. Like in the case of like Ursula and stuff like that. And then glorifying masculinity in male heroes and pushing traditional gender norms in general. It was kind of like the idea of how, why gay coding is bad. It's like the villains are always going to be the effeminate one, the less masculine one. Uh, they'll look sickly as well, so like Hades and Scar. Mm-hmm. Trying to represent gay people without giving them the proper representation. We also don't want that representation of like, oh, we're going to be the shitty ones in comparison to the perfect ideal of what a man should be. Yeah, it's it's really funny because I feel like this isn't brand new information to any of us, but it's weird yeah. when it's conceptualized for you. You're like, you're like, God, that's yeah. I I watched those movies a bunch of times, and like I internalized that and never like consciously mm. thought about it. Um, yeah. Although I I don't think I ever like it never sank down to me where oh gay means evil. Mm. No, I'm no, I other totally. Like, Sorry, like, yeah. I'm not saying that exactly. Yeah. I just mean like you knew there was a certain affect or like intonation that mm. a Disney, not a dumb Disney villain, but the smart one, the smart one, the main one, not as like henchmen would have this kind yeah. of affect mm. that would be very particular. And as Luke's mm. saying, like, what, what, I, I'm, what's coming I, to mind yeah. when you say that is um, Scar ver- talking with the hyenas. Yes. Yeah. It's very like, oh, what are you talking about? Do you know, Don't okay, do you, do you know what I'm that thinking? Kind of, yeah. Do you know in, um, oh, what's that Tim Curry movie? Uh, uh, David, that, you know we were in Edinburgh and we got drunk for that? Rocky, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, yeah. Do you know the, the he had been asked to do a, like, some sort of, like, Eastern European, a Transylvanian accent, and he was like, no, that's so overdone. I want to do something, like, really camp and different and he was literally mm. on a bus like in east london and he just heard some woman have this like most peculiar accent and it was like she was a woman in her 50s and very posh upper middle class but her her accent was just like unknowingly like 
unintentionally so can. And it's like, <laughs> what, what about that accent in Rocky Horror Picture Show is gay? But it, to me, when I hear that, I'm like, if I ever hear someone talk like that, I would assume they're probably gay because it's just something so like beautifully like flamboyant and musical and just like like effortless about yeah. that type of accent. Yeah. And that type of <laughs> like affect or intonation is exactly how what I associate with Scar. It's like this kind of like mm. sophisticated but evil and like kind of I don't know, I, I don't know is camp the right word, but um when I, when I say camp I mean like camp and it like is, over yeah. the top, like O T T kind of thing. Mm. Um, yeah. Like specifically with um Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror, mm. it's very drag yes yes yeah yeah um like the the way rocky like i I don't know is that yeah that's right yeah yeah that's right like i know i know what he does in it is drag but even the voice that he does yeah like it's it's like a drag very yeah a character like that um and i suppose the association with the the drag character with scar even though it doesn't have the physical appearance of appearance it, yeah. of it it's still the oh stop it like that that, yeah. that flamboyancy and that yeah and that, that's going back yeah. to what you said kate about like you you never associated that with being gay like you never thought about like the evil characters being gay characters mm. you don't but like subconsciously you start assigning certain traits and people based on what you grew grew up seeing like there's something definitely like insidious or about that even yeah like a little warning sign red yeah flag yeah, or something. yeah yeah that's kind of what i'm saying um that's really fucking interesting luke anyone Did else you, have you seen beauty and the beast in 2017 uh the new one i have i've seen it once i didn't really like it um yeah i haven't seen it and these two haven't seen it um but the food from that one was announced to be uh canonically gay uh, but then, like, the only representation that they gave for the actual movie was a few jokes and comments that kind of hinted at it. And then, at the very end, he switches dance partners from a woman to a man. And that was it. Yeah. After, like, do, so that's, that's what we mean by queer baiting, where mm-hmm. they were like, oh, like, you're going to have great representation in this movie. And it's like, here you go. <laughs> this, is, this is your great representation that we promised. <laughs> and, and another thing that Disney did in terms of, like, oh, great representation is... Um, in the lead up to the rise of Skywalker, mm. they had a lot of um, they had a lot of like cast and like interviews and stuff being like all oh, about like LGBT plus LGBTQ plus representation um, in their movies. And will there be any in the new Star Wars? I'm like, yeah, actually, we have our first um, on screen uh, homosexual kiss in the movie, and everyone was like, oh. My God! It's did they did they use the word this homosexual? The... Did they say we're going to have a um, homosexual? But they were like, "Oh my God!" Everyone, everyone at that point was like, "Oh, it's Finn and Poe!" And all the YouTubers went off and like, "This is going to be amazing! This is going to be fantastic!" Yeah. And at the end of the movie, when they beat the Emperor, they land and like, "Yay, we did it!" And like, there's people talking, and in the background, two girls hug each other and kiss. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. the first on-screen. Gay couple. Yeah, it would have it would have been interesting. They made yeah. such a big deal about it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen the last Star Wars film, um, and and I to. I barely was paying attention because I I already hated the second one when we were twenty minutes into watching it. Uh, but Finn and Poe had reasonably good enough on screen chemistry where I would have believed that they rather than just like shipping two people together for like the benefit of the fan base, mm. I, I thought that yeah. would have made sense to me. Um. 
So did we. The, the LeFou thing is weirdly because he's a villain in the in Beauty yeah. and the Beast, so that's also just kind of kind of compounding what we've just said about that Disney only seems to be comfortable making bad guys in their narratives. Yeah, anyway. and that one was kind of worse then, yeah, because it was the one the character that they confirm is gay is going after this really masculine character that he's like following around and he's in love with the whole time as well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then like some of the other representation, like there was 2004, The Princess Diaries 2. I assume you've seen that one. I've actually, I watched that a week ago. I literally, I, <laughs> I, I watched it right now. This. So, <laughs> the scene where they're doing like, basically they're doing Tinder, but like with a cinema screen. Yes. Um, yeah, so isn't there like the one comes up there and they're like, oh, he's very attractive. And he's like, his boyfriend thinks so too. Yeah, the, the guard says his boyfriend. And then they go, preach, you know, like, say it true, yeah. say it loud. I'd yeah. like to point out that um, I, I think for the majority of the list that Luke is about to do, in the first recording, he was like, okay, David and Kate, have you seen this? Like, no. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, have you seen this? No. Well, you definitely yeah. seen this. No. It was quite disappointing, actually. Yeah, yeah so this time I'm just going to go through the years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm unemployed. All I do is watch Disney Plus, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the next ones are TV shows, and I don't think any of us have really watched them. Um, so yeah, 2004 and yeah, 2019 was the first time a gay character ever said "I'm gay" in a Disney movie or show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was Andy Mack. I don't know that show. And was that person allowed to? Um, so let's say Hannah Montana. You had multiple times where people kissed or made out and movies the same like princess diaries doesn't make a scene in that has yeah. there been a time where there's been like a gay kiss a gay makeout scene and not like a gay kiss like you'll find the one eventually but it's not me and here's a really sweet goodbye peck in the cheek mm-hmm. i'm talking about like mm-hmm. like actually showing a bit of sexuality on the screen because an hour and 53 minutes into the rise of skywalker <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's here's my thing is that i think that for disney or a lot of these like networks, the a gay kiss is the equivalent of like, you know, over the top boob action for like a heterosexual person. Like that's the level of like, oh, that's not okay for kids. We better put an R rating. Like mm. I really think yeah. that yeah. like they're not they're not treated the same at all. That like it's so, mm. we're so used to like from a really young age coming across content that's like age appropriate where there's um where there's kissing and it's normal. Like you see it at the end of the movie with the princess and prince, but if it's two blokes, mm. it's like, Oh, well that's actually, that's for what's the PG rating when you're over 12. Like just, you know, so they, under- so they understand yeah. because it can be very accus- Like it can be very confusing for kids. Like mm. that kind of bullshit starts yeah. being said. And I just, it's weird. Yeah. It's just, uh, I actually thought that, um, frozen was, she was lesbian. I thought, I actually thought you told me that Dave, because you were really into those films for a while. I think it might have been um, that I thought, in yeah, into leading it. in, people were saying it. And I'm like, that's a weird thing to start saying. So it might be a leak or something like that. Mm, that would yeah. be interesting. Um, but no, it was, it was, as Luke said, it was queer baiting. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, sorry. So, so yeah. I went into the, um, the different, like, I suppose, business strategies and stuff that Disney has done over the years. And the most, like, influential one, I suppose, to, like, everyday life was um, copyright. So what I focused on was the uh, the copyright aspect of it. So like before it used to be um, as soon as the author died uh, for whatever t- bit of intellectual property, be it a book, a movie, anything like that, play, um, 
that's when it would become public domain. Um, then they extended it to 50 years, sorry, they extended it to 25 years after the author dies. So things like, you know, uh, Arthur, Arthur Colonel, Colonel, Arthur Conan, Conan Doyle, Doyle yeah. um, died and then Sherlock Holmes came into the public domain 25 years later. That was grand. But what happened was um, Disney were like, oh shit, Mickey Mouse is created in, I don't know, let's say uh, 1920 something. Um, that's going to go into the public domain. What are we going to do? Um, so the Copyright Act of 1976 was highly motivated by Disney like like wanting to Mickey Mouse not be brought into the public domain, essentially, um, where they changed it to the life of the author plus 50 years instead of 25 years or 75 years if the work was owned by a corporation. Can't, so they just transfer is, the, can't they just transfer the rights to family? Isn't that how... Like, isn't that what uh, Tolkien's family did? Like, they still have the rights to his, like, books. And so stuff. Tolkien specifically, I think, is benefiting from um, Disney doing this because it's, it's, it's applying to... They're doing it for Walt Disney, but as, a, like, an aside, it's also applying to Lord of the Rings... Okay. Mm. So Lord of the Rings is another like maybe twenty years after Mickey Mouse, essentially, is what is what we're looking is at. Is it when was but, when was when was the when when were the Lord of the Rings books? Because it wasn't wasn't fifties. Was it though? Because like Tolkien wrong. Tolkien fought in World War One. It wasn't that like all, all his inspiration for the. So the Hobbit was written fairly soon after World War One, I, I think. Okay. Um, but the Lord of the Rings specifically was like the 40s. Oh my God, so he actually did um, them in chronological order. That's so impressive because usually pre- yeah. prequels are like an afterthought. Yeah, as far as oh I know, gosh. he wrote The Hobbit as like a like a book and then elaborated on it, but he had the oh. whole world brought on. He like cool. wrote the language. He was the first ever author to... He, he came up with what we think of um, dwarves in fantasy. Mm. So, like, when you think dwarves, like, living in a mine and elves and stuff like that, he came up with all that, which is really interesting. Um, 1954. 54. Yeah, was it? Yeah. Yeah. But I think he came up with the idea in... 1930-something. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had it cooking for a while um, before he still got writing. So, Disney were, like, unreal. 1976. Grand were fine for another 25 years, essentially. This would be great. Um, but then the... the the time frame came along and they were like, oh no, it's 1988 now. What are we going to do? So they brought a act to parliament, essentially. Um, country. Which was uh, in the US. So to Congress. Which was like, hey, Europe already has this law for copyright. So we should probably align ourselves with that, shouldn't we? That'd be great. Um so what they did was, uh, there's the 1998 Act, which extended copyright to um, the life of the author plus 70 years or 95 years after publication, whichever comes first. Didn't, yes. didn't, didn't they change the laws in America to make corporations people? So don't corporations live forever technically? So then there wouldn't be a problem. So my, my theory on this, and I couldn't find anything to back it up. Um, what is that Mickey Mouse is so 
like universally accepted that it was made by Walt Disney. They couldn't do anything for it. So all of the, oh, we're extending Mickey Mouse this little bit is to stop people using Mickey Mouse specifically. But with the corporation authorship, so the corporate owning the character or the intellectual property yeah. is for everything else, I think. Okay. So they're like, okay, fuck it. We're going to lose Mickey Mouse in 70 years, but we'll have 120 years of Goofy and Donald Duck and everything else and Disney in general and all our other movies and yeah. stuff like that. Um, or 95 years after publication. So 95 years on from the first instance of whatever character is when it's going to go into public domain as of now. Mm. Yeah. That was running out in 2019. As of January 1st, 2019, Disney have officially run out of time to extend Mickey Mouse any further. And in 2023, Mickey Mouse is public domain. Public domain means that if I wanted to, I could pitch a show to Netflix that was about Mickey Mouse. And make profit. And make profit from it. So I could say, hey, I have a great idea for a Mickey Mouse show can I do it? And Netflix would say, yeah, absolutely. That's public domain. Same way anyone can make a Sherlock Holmes movie right now if they want to. It, there's no there's no rights or copyright or anything like that. Anyone can make it. Anyone can make Macbeth. Anyone can make Romeo and Juliet. All yeah. that kind of stuff, essentially. Isn't Happy Birthday um, in, pub- in the public domain now as of like a year or two ago? Oh, Cool. Yeah, recently I think yeah, like before that two, there was a whole years. thing where you couldn't sing Happy Birthday in movies without paying. Okay, does anyone does anyone here know of a movie where they do sing Happy Birthday? Because I feel like I've seen Happy Birthday song in a movie, but I can't picture it. It's never the Happy Birthday song. It's, it's something else. It's yeah. always like I never know. Make a wish because they've already sang it. Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just skip over that part. That that um that public domain stuff is really interesting. Mm. Yeah, who gets to own what? Yeah, mm. it's it's. But then, like parodies are allowed. Like we think of South Park and. Par- par- yeah, satire, that, satire is in its own um, is protected. I'm pretty sure you can you can satirize anything legitimately, and that's allowed. But what's really interesting about satire specifically is um, YouTube. So a lot of people, if they're going to do a satire or something, unless they're South Park or something like mm. that, or Family Guy or whatever, will do like a spoof or something like that on YouTube. But uh, YouTube's the way YouTube works to stay friendly with all these companies and ad revenue and stuff is they won't, they don't have someone checking all of these copyright claims. They'll just say, yeah, 100%, that's copyright, cool, and it's taken down immediately. So if I worked for Disney, um, or if I worked for Sherlock Holmes or the Arthur, Arthur Conan Doyle estate, mm-hmm. and there's a YouTube video talking about how shit a character Sherlock Holmes is, and the per- Arthur Conan Doyle should never have made any money off of it, I could go, I don't really agree with that, and press a button that copyright strikes that video. Mm-hmm. And that's an automated system. So it's not like someone in YouTube will then look at it and be like, oh my God, yeah. Mm. That, that, that's, someone that's, will, that's fair someone will look at it on the... appeals though. So like, uh, if it's yeah. co- if it's like flagged for copyright, 
it'll be taken down straight away but then the person who published the video can appeal it and then someone on youtube will look about look at it and it goes back up now the issue with that system is that the person will lose revenue on that video Mm. for the time it was suspended and usually majority of the revenue you make as a youtuber on a video is in the first like 48 hours yeah, yeah. It's in the first yeah. Two so it's a flawed system, or something like that. Yeah, um, exactly. But if you were like, uh, if you weren't in it for the for the cash, if you weren't in it for the gains, you just really wanted to like say your piece on Sherlock Holmes. Uh, I mean, like, it's, then that's fine. It's fine. Yeah. You're 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 good. Yeah. But yeah. Um, um, yeah. What, what else I have? No, I, I'm so, just so like, what I'm else just I have? Listening, I'm getting ready to <laughs> getting ready to listen some more. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what else I have in regards to Disney? It's not as numbery um, is how Disney work in cinemas specifically. So when I worked in the cinema a couple of years ago, um, Do you work in the there cinema? was a lot of there was a lot. Of, it was it was weird. And the one thing that comes to mind is so Disney essentially will pay for the or will force theaters to show their movies in the biggest auditoriums for X amount of time. And if you don't want to do that, then you don't get our movies. You t- you told me that when you worked there, actually. I yeah. remember that. Yeah. So, like, it works great for things like Frozen and the Marvel movies and Star Wars and stuff, because it's going to be in the biggest ones for, like, two or three weeks anyway. Yeah. Um, but the way it works is it'll also... So, so what comes to mind is if you want to show this movie at all, it needs to be in the biggest theatre for this amount of time, regardless of ticket sales, or you're not getting it. And what comes to mind that like ties this back to me specifically would be when I worked in the cinema, I remember Mary Poppins was getting a re-release yeah. for like its, I don't know, whatever anniversary, 50th anniversary or something. And it was in screen one and two, which are the biggest two screens, at like all day essentially, for like two or three weeks straight, but like, but essentially, like no one wanted to see Mary Poppins. Mm. Is like, that is again. that not like problematic? If I don't know, Christopher Nolan has released a new Batman film, and it's like fucking Mary Poppins. Exactly. If it's the same week, it's Mary Poppins is yeah. in the bigger screen, and then people can't get tickets to the the Christopher Nolan movie because it's it's blocked. Yeah. Like, there's not enough seats yeah. because they can't. It's blocked from going into screen one and two. Um. So, Disney receive about 65% of ticket revenue from a film, which is the highest of any studio full stop. Normally, it's around the 40% mark. Mm-hmm. So, essentially, if you want to show a Disney movie, Disney, if you pay 10 euro for the ticket, Disney gets 650 of that and the cinema get 350 of it. Yeah. It's how it works, basically. If you ignore this, in terms of the... Um, if you ignore putting the cinema or putting Mary Poppins in the biggest screens, even though you don't want to, um, Disney can take an extra 5% cut of the ticket sales. So essentially they're like, oh, we mightn't give you movies in the future. And if we do, we'll take an extra 5% or you'll let it be in the biggest screens or whatever. And that's just in terms of, you know, it's hard to say, but it sounds like monopolization of the movies. It's like, oh, people... Like, there's an overabundance of cinema seats for Mary Poppins and, like, oh, not enough people. So what happens a lot is someone will come in and be like, hey, can I get a movie, uh, can I get a ticket for Trolls? And they're like, no, sorry, it's in screen six and there's only 
200 seats there. Mm. Um, but there's there's free seats for Mary Poppins if you want to go to that instead. Yeah. And they have a like they have like 12 children with them. And they're like, yeah, cool, let's do that mm. instead. Yeah. And that's like a really shitty... It is manipulative. Yeah, it, it's, it's really like, though. oh, yeah. it, it's a really good idea business-wise, but it's fucking shit. So the next bit that I went into in regards to Disney are um, the things they've bought in the last couple of years, essentially. Um, so in 1993, they bought Miramax for 60 million. Okay. Okay. It was then bought by the Weinstein Company. Oh boy. Our, our favorite boys. Mm. <laughs> 2010 for 60, sorry, 663 million. So they made 600 million profit on Miramax nice. in 2010. Nice bag of change. And I don't think the Weinstein Company has made that money back. <laughs> Something tells me that, like, that, that's... I know. know. His reputation was damaged, but I'm not sure his financials were damaged. Yeah, and, like, they probably... if I saw Miramax, I wouldn't straight away be like, oh... But yeah, I thought, I, thought, um, I thought Harvey Weinstein's production company was, like, Weinstein. You know, it's, like, the three... Yeah, yeah. So I think what it was is Miramax... Yeah, it used to be Miramax. It's like a sister company, then, Um, I think it would show Miramax, and then it would show the Weinstein Company. Mm. Oh, okay. In ter- you know, the, the pro- or like yeah, Weinstein the Brothers, or whatever yeah. the whatever it's called. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Or, or sure, surely is, yeah. he's broke now, because, like, don't your asses get seized when you go to prison forever? I don't I think don't so, know. unless it's like you got them through drug dealing or something. Then your assets would be seized because of the legal assets. Yeah. Gotten. And but then his wife, his wife divorced him as well because of, you know, the stuff. Or maybe she got 50%, hopefully. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like financially, financially Harvey Weinstein's probably not doing great. So I hope so. That'd be nice. Fingers crossed. I don't know. Um, so wait, no, did Harvey so, Weinstein buy Disney or did Disney buy Harvey Weinstein? Uh, Disney bought Miramax okay. and then Harvey Weinstein bought Miramax yes. for 600 million more than Disney bought Miramax for. Okay. Like 20 years later. Right. Okay. Um, 17 years later. So Harvey Weinstein's net worth is estimated around 25 million. I think he's doing okay. That's all right. Um, yeah. It's comfortable. At, at the peak of his career, it was 300 million. He's taking a big dip, but like at the same time. For him, twenty-five million. I wouldn't be like, oh no. <laughs> but we're considering this from our point of view. Yeah. From his point of view, he's like, oh, that's only like ten years worth. <laughs> yeah. My heart bleeds. <laughs> um. So so m- moving on. Um, yeah. In two thousand and one, Disney bought Fox Family Worldwide. Yeah, I remember for that. two point nine billion. Wait, no, I don't remember that. Um, and that's the time that Fox Kids turned into Jetix. And that's the bit that anchors me to it. Um, it wasn't Fox Kids anymore. It was Jetix and had a little robot thing. Yeah. Like the, it still had Digimon for a while, didn't it? It still had Digimon. I think yeah. it was all still the same program. Why Why did I else. think that Disney bought Fox more recently? Because remember I was asking... Yeah, because I was asking you so, when we were watching WandaVision about what's-his-face, the your man from X-Men. Yeah. So I, I thought that. Yeah. So I was like, "That's a recent merger, surely." Yeah, it's a re. It's really recent. Um, so how but, can you buy so something they, twice? They kind of bought. They bought the children's channel. Okay. So Fox is like loads of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but they bought the children's side of Fox 
in 2001 for 2.9 billion. Um, it's kind of, and then, and then later on, like two or three years ago, is when they bought everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but the big one for me is in 2004, Kira, Disney bought the Muppets. I didn't know that. Yeah. So Disney bought the Muppets and they bought the Muppets for 75 million. Here we go. Now, this, this opens important. up an avenue for me to discuss how heartbroken I am that the Muppets went for so little or more accurately how other things went for so much more than the Muppets deserved to go for, I feel. Um, so remember I brought up how um, Fox Family Worldwide was bought in 2001 for 2.9 billion. Yes. They could have bought the Muppets 38 times over for the amount they paid for, like, Fox Kids, essentially. So they paid mm. 38 times what they paid for the Muppets for Fox Kids. Is how I look at do it. You know, is how do I you know the it. way you were saying the Muppets? Is Sesame yeah. Street the same as the Muppets? I don't think no. so. No. I think they're Kurt, by the Jim Henson Corporation. But isn't Kermit the Frog in both? No. Oh, is he? Fuck. Yeah. I think he might be. Okay, okay. Oh, no. Is the cookie... I'm looking it up. Actually, no, because the cookie monster isn't in both. The cookie monster's only in Sesame Street. I'm confused. Um, I feel... Yeah, no, I... Fuck it, I think you're right. I think Kermit is on Sesame Street. Because there's definitely videos of him teaching children ABCs. Okay. Jim Henson created the Muppets. Yeah. Many for the purpose of many appearing. for the purpose of of appearing on Sesame Street. My God, so Sesame Street game. My first. God, so he, a connection. he created the Muppets to appear on Sesame Street. Okay, okay. <laughs> We're gonna go through his whole Wikipedia. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Wikipedia is the best source. Um, oh no, 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 no! Because Jim Henson, the creator of the Muppets, the Muppets. was initially reluctant to work oh. on Sesame Street but joined due to the social concerns of the time. Hmm. Mm. Probably wanted to bring in a, like a stable, like um, heterosexual relationship in Miss Kiki <laughs> and Kermit, just to kind of... Um, that's really interesting, actually. Uh, speaking yeah, speaking of the Muppets, uh, in my personal opinion, the best Muppets movie out there at the moment is and always will be Muppets Treasure Island. And if you haven't seen it, it's, it's streaming great. on Disney Plus. Go ahead and watch it. It's a good time for all the family. <laughs> and actually, Tim Curry is in it. Muppets, if you're a rock here, picture show. Kira is actually from Disney and promoting it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she heard our first episode. Yeah. <laughs> That's why well, I'm Muppets Treasure Island is really good. Um, amazing. I much prefer the Muppets that came out in 2010 ish but no because i think that that's like a 2010 what was that one it was the one with um jason oh, yeah, Siegel yeah. in it yeah um i think it's really good marshall from Harry yeah yeah, yeah. Is in it. um moving on to the big one in 2006 um they bought pixar for 7.4 billion yep okay yeah, fair. um they could have bought the Muppets 98.66 times over. Okay, but Pixar. Wait, uh, but, I, yeah, it Pixar. wait come back. So, I actually wasn't listening. What year did they buy the Muppets? They bought the Muppets in 2004. Okay. so And they bought Pixar in 2006. So with the exception of uh, Muppets... Tre- there, there's actually a few Muppets movies. Muppets Christmas Carol and Muppets Treasure Island are two phenomenal films. But mm. I think both those movies were made for TV. 
most of the commercial success that the Muppets has received has been since they've been bought by Disney. So that's probably why the intellectual property, you know, was uh, was a bargain because go on. Because Ooh. most of their big movies were after Disney had bought them, so you pay for after two thousand and four. Is that not because Disney has the bigger platform because they had more money to begin with? But re- re- regardless, the, the success the success of the Muppets, if they were only so successful before being bought, then you'd only pay for like. Do you know what I mean? Like Pixar was legitimately they had the very, yeah, though. they had the potential, which is why they bought them. But you pay for how successful it currently is. Um, it's a difference between like buying a buying a player for a rugby team who's like already won a few grand slams versus someone who's fresh out of college. Like he has the potential to win a couple of grand slams, but you're going to pay a lot less for bringing over a contract of someone who's straight out of college playing rugby yeah, versus because they don't realize their worth exactly. So the Muppets, you know, yeah. they didn't realize their worth, and they probably made their money back and then some. They've improved their worth. They did. I think they did. I think David's they, right. They no, not for the Muppets. Worth. I, I, I went the rugby players. Oh, yeah. <laughs> discussion <laughs> from the last episode <laughs> um but pixar would have would have you know proved itself as quite a substantial so, studio there's a whole thing with pixar before <laughs> disney ended up buying them so <clears throat> while we're on pixar pixar did a short called out that came out in 2020 that we still haven't watched um and it's about a guy who comes out but he also moves out it's a beautiful title. Yeah. Yeah. He moves out um, and like, it's just about his life and how he got over to it. Like, gosh, I don't, actually don't know what it's about. I didn't read that <laughs> yeah, much about it. Yeah, we need to watch it. It's called Out. Um, it's about coming out for some gay guy and Pixar are doing great and I love them. It's a shame that Disney owns them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was the controversy there? Um, so the saga of Pixar and Disney starts in 1995. So Pixar are like, hey, Disney we have this amazing new type of animation that's essentially um, computer animated, like just children's movies, cartoons, mm-hmm. essentially. Before that, it was all the 2D one. And then they're like, hey, it's called Toy Story. What you think? It's going to be great. Yeah. Disney are like, cool, we'll distribute that and five more of your movies. Um, and at least one sequel yeah. to Toy Story, because we like Toy Story so much. Um and that, that, that'll be the deal. So essentially, in 1995, Disney was like, cool, we'll slap the Disney logo at the front and you'll be in all our cinemas and we'll get all of the, um, like, you'll be in screen one and two for two weeks and everything like that. It's going to be a Disney movie, so people are going to fucking love it. Um, your criteria is you need to make four original movies for us and you need to make one sequel to Toy Story. Okay. And Pixar are like, not too mad about making the sequel to Toy Story, to be perfectly honest, but okay, We'll sign the contract and we'll fucking move on from there. So then they went on to make like Bugs yeah, Life. Yeah, I was going to say Bugs Life must have been one of them because that came out in 98. Um, and Toy Story 2 eventually. Yeah. And then in 2004, the deal was coming to an end and Pixar were like, cool, do you want to renew the deal or what do you want to do? And Disney were like, cool, we'll renew the deal, but we want way more sequels. Oh, You've sorry. made sorry. so many more um like profitable franchise worthy things uh, we want we want more of that and Pixar are kind of like ah not too sure of that to be perfectly honest so we'll actually leave it we're more interested in making original movies than we are pursuing um franchises because like even Toy Story 2 even though it was a critical success and people say it's better than the first one we kind of want to move on to more original things yeah Disney were like cool no hassle but check out the small print of um our contract 
um, we actually have the rights to make the sequels to all the movies that we distributed for you. So even though every movie you make from now on, we have nothing to do with it, we can make sequels to whatever we want. So um, we're going to make Circle 7 animation, um, and we're going to make a Toy Story 3, and there's nothing you can do about it. So you can either be involved in making Toy Story 3, or you can let us do it, what what you want. Did Pixar Pixar do it? Uh... Yeah, so Pixar sold in 2006. So in 2004, that's when Disney were like... So there was two years where no Pixar Disney movie came out because they were in the midst of negotiations. Um, And then Disney were like, well, look, we have the right to Toy Story and that's kind of all we care about. We can make a few Monsters, Inks if we want uh, and maybe Bugs Life, who knows? Uh, You can be part of this or you can't. It's up to you. Um, Here's our offer for um, 7.4 billion or 98.66 Muppets, um, what what do you want to do? And Pixar were like, ah, okay, fine, we'll sell. Um, and then Disney, and then Pixar took over the creation of Toy Story 3. Mm. Um, and that's why there's so many sequels to Pixar movies now. Yeah. Like Incredibles 2, Cars 1, 2, and 3. Yeah, all that's that jazz. interesting. Um, really fucking shady it is but it's actually really interesting Um, because you think about the signature that pixar had because when when i was younger i would have always associated pixar as like the new up-and-comer like it was way more futuristic because like Mm. what what's that period called like what's the 90s disney movie period it's like is that the golden age it's like the renaissance maybe yeah like yeah whatever beauty and the beast is that's like 97 no they call it the disney renaissance for like yeah but if you it was beauty and the beast and uh botticelli they're both around the same time um but when i think of like so my favorite disney movie would probably be beauty and the beast the 97 movie but if you compare mm. the graphics of that with like the graphics from Bugs Life, there's no comparison. And I always felt like Disney to me was like my parents watched movies from like the seventies that were Disney. And it was like, that was like this old school kind of way of storytelling. And then Pixar was like really sharp mm. and new. Mm. And it's kind of funny yeah. because when I think of like, when I think of all the sequels in Pixar, there's definitely like not integrity missing, but there's something that's like, there's, they're, they're less there's, they're not really passion projects like Cars two and three, Monsters University, yeah. or or just Cars one in general. Car- yeah, seems to be a bit. Cars one was good. Ah, oh, maybe I'm misremembering it. Or maybe I'm getting it was okay. I, I remember seeing Cars three, but I've seen the second one. Like Cars and one, if you were young enough, you would enjoy that. And if you like Cars, and like I don't think any of us here particularly do. <laughs> Kate loves I love cars. <laughs> red ones and the blue ones. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think Cars was actually quite good. But Cars 2 and 3, they, yeah, mm. they don't put heart into the sequels except for Toy Story. Because mm. that's their like passion project where they're like, we really don't want this one to be fucked up. So we have to do this one right. <laughs> yeah, and it's so interesting as well because they were so strict. Not strict, but they were so like, we don't want to make sequels. We just want to make these original movies with like interesting premises and if they work they work and they worked 110% and then like that little well we're making Toy Story 3 with or without you and that's so mm. it's I very feel so bad for them it's a bitchy yeah. well it's uh, I, it's quite, I feel bad for them maybe hire a lawyer to read your contract before you sign it I think that's probably that's actually a bad I, think, I think they knew that's a bad point. Yeah. 
I think they knew that that was part of the contract. Like, they I want to say that Disney tricked to, them into yeah. the small print or something. I think they knew that that was part of the contract, but they were like, they like, won't we'll, do we'll it cross that bridge when we come to it. You know what? And maybe, maybe we'll make enough original content that they'll be like, cool, keep making original. But Disney were like, nah, Toy Story is marketable. Yeah. yeah. Or it's literally like... about toys. Um, and Disney love making toys for, for the Mer- It's merchandise. It's yeah, it's because mer- merchandising mer- merchandise, exactly. um, well can just really pay the bills. So, like, like the Avengers, they make more money off of their merchandise selling Avengers toys than they do the movies. Well, sorry, this is just the, the original Star Wars, Star Wars movies made a killing Star Wars their, as well. Because yeah. didn't George Lucas oh. hold on to the merchandising rights even after he... In, yeah, yeah, even after he sold... Oh, I don't know about that, actually. I think Disney bought the merchandising rights. But I remember there was a thing in the original contract with whoever produced, distributed yeah, yeah, the yeah. original that he held on, Star he held Wars. On to the merchandising rights. George Lucas held on to that and he made a fortune off of it. Um, what's really interesting as well, um, going back to like the 70s, when Star Wars first came out, loads of people um, didn't believe that Star Wars would be successful. So loads of toy companies and stuff... Um, made like some toys and like some merchandise and stuff like that. Um, but they didn't do the mass production that they would that they should have done for like mm-hmm. a like a blockbuster hit like people do nowadays for like Avengers and Marvel movies and stuff. Um, but what happened was obviously Star Wars: New Hope came out. Everyone went fucking mental. Um, bought all the toys, and then that Christmas, toy companies were like, "Well, fuck." Yeah. We don't have any toys for these children. Everyone wants Toy Story, or not Toy Story, um, Star Wars toys. What do we do? They had like an op- or an empty box campaign where on Christmas morning, the year that Star Wars came out, loads of children went downstairs, opened up the presents, and it was just an empty box with like a little certificate saying, this is like a thing for, like this is a certificate stating that you will get a Luke Skywalker action figure as soon as it's available. Yeah. Um, because of like because it was like because Santa has um such high demand for Luke Skywalker, he wasn't able to get one for everyone. Mm. Okay. But that's yeah. that's what the uh, Star Wars Christmas that, specials were about as well. It was about selling merchandise to kids. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. That's what all the new Star Wars movies were about as well. Um, speaking of Marvel and Star Wars and everything like that, in two thousand and nine. Um, Disney bought Marvel mm-hmm. for four billion. Yeah. Um, How many Muppets is that? Perspective. That's fifty three Muppets. They could have bought the Muppets fifty three times over. Yeah. <laughs> um, well done. I, I, I actually already caught on, and I was kind of like, "Will I bother?" And I was like, "Yeah, go on." <laughs> um, but what's interesting about that is um, Marvel had previously partnered with Paramount Pictures, yeah, to distribute the movies. Mm-hmm. So part of that, Disney also had to buy out the distribution rights for Marvel from Paramount as well for 115 million is what they had to pay. But Paramount pulled a sneaky back in 2009 and were like, hey, Disney, you can have the distribution rights, but you can't have the distribution rights for the Hulk. Oh, those snakes. So if you want to make a Hulk movie, no matter what it is, we get to set the price and we get to distribute it and we get to make the fortune. Yeah. And at the time, Disney were like, oh yeah, whatever, that's fine. But now they're fucking kicking themselves because the Hulk is one of the only original Avengers left. Yeah. Um, and they can't make a movie about the Hulk without Paramount getting 
getting the distribution rights for it. So if Disney yeah. were like, oh, we're just going to make a Hope movie tomorrow, um, Paramount will get millions off DVD sales. Oh, why? But um, why not, though? Why, why not like push that. it out there anyway? Because they can make money off the merchandising sales that will vamp up from making the movie. They could, but I reckon Paramount is holding firm, being like, Disney are going to, at some point, Disney are going to want to make a Hulk movie. Yeah. Mm. And when they do, we're going to say, yeah, like, fuck it. Yeah, another four billion there, Disney, and we'll sell you the Hulk. And Disney might do it. This ties into Disney wanting to buy Spider-Man about a year ago. So about a year ago, Disney were like, hey, Sony, we want to buy Spider-Man off you, please, because Sony had the rights to Spider-Man. And Spider <laughs> Sony were like, no problem, absolutely Five billion, please. And Disney, as far as I know, considered it. Yeah. Because they were like, ah. Oh. But yeah. Disney make money off of all the Spider-Man toys. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to weigh up, ah, oh, will Spider-Man movies make enough to earn back five billion? Yeah. Um, but because most Marvel movies make a billion. I was thinking, anyway, yeah, that's like yeah. They just need to make. They just need to make five Spider-Man movies and they'll make Back. But wasn't okay. Spider-Man in in like a bunch of the Avengers films? So even now, hasn't it made back? Yes, hasn't it made back? Yeah, its, it, it's made its money. But uh, the way it works is the deal that they have is all the original Spider-Man movies. So like Spider-Man: Homecoming and Far From Home, um, Disney make like fund it completely. Mm. So they put all their money into it. Disney produce it and everything like that. Um, but Sony get like. 75% of the profits mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, but with the Avengers... And, and the trade-off is Spider-Man can be in Avengers. Who made uh, Spider-Verse, the Spidey Spider-Verse movie? Mm -hmm. That's Sony. Okay. So it's only, only live-action Spider-Man. Right. So Tom Holland is right. the only one that that applies to, essentially. Okay, right. Um, um, so Disney seemingly just buys up their competition. So yes, yes. it is exactly. how it goes. Um, then in 2012, they bought Lucasfilm, which is Star Wars and Indiana Jones and other things too. I'm sure. Um, no, which I don't. Really and uh, <laughs> it's Lucas Art basically. So it's like all the concepts for games and books and comics. It's everything. Yeah, it's not as just well, movies. Yeah, 100%. And they sent that on to um, they sent that on to EA for the games specifically. And we all know how that worked out. Again, four billion Such a for Lucasfilm. Funding thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, four billion for Lucasfilm. That's fifty-three Muppets. Um, and in twenty nineteen, the big one, they bought twenty-first century Fox. Um, they bought everything that twenty-first century Fox owns, uh, except the news stuff. So Fox News is still owned by Fox okay. independently. Um, they bought it for seventy one point three billion. Kira, they could have bought the Muppets nine hundred and fifty times over. My God, that is de for that is spent. deplorable. Jesus, right. they spent like... way too much on the Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> well, David, that was. I should have brought a paper and pen for that one, but that was a very, very good one. And a calculator. Yeah. Thank you. What do you think the Wikipedia definition of Disney is? 
we know we know now yeah you know because i've told I, you i, I yeah. know oh can i can um, i guess first because i yeah. wasn't here the first time you did the podcast um <laughs> is it a creative company that makes movies and creative projects that would be really nice yeah I would love that if it was based on creativity. Yeah. What words did we get right last time? Dave yeah, got the got Walt the Disney right. I got Walt, Walt Disney Corporation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I got right the last time. I this think. is more yeah. like it. So um, when you look up Disney, Disney actually isn't a thing. It's called the Walt Disney Company, commonly known as Disney. And the Wikipedia definition is an American diversified multinational mass media and entertainment conglomerate. Conglomerate. Mm. What what, is, what qualifies a company to be a conglomerate? Is that just like multi? Is it a multinational corporation that's a conglomerate, or oh, multi company, like multifunctional kind of thing? Conglo- okay, like yeah, parts to it. Yeah, I thought it was that they had like lots of um, different uh, independent companies, and they they're the that's it. Yeah, I think that's who created Disney. Walt Disney's dad. No, okay. excellent guess. Right. No, you already know. <laughs> Two people created Disney, Walt Disney, mm-hmm. who we all know, and his understudy, under-appreciated um, brother, mm-hmm. Roy. Nobody talks about Roy. Roy Oliver Disney. The older brother, so like he, he should get more credit. Yeah. So he was the older brother and the co-founder of Disney, and no one gives a shit about him. No one's talking about him. It's very upsetting. But actually, Walt Disney's father, Elias Charles Elias. Disney, um, was born in Canada to Irish Protestant immigrants. So his father and and so his father was born in um, 1832, and his mother was born in 1838, and they moved to Canada when they were children. So they're most likely um, immigrants of the famine. Ergo, Disney has Irish origins. Well, well, Ergo, well now, Kate. We own Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Protestant origins. So now, yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure I made it oh, as, no. as big a deal of that in the past, but I think I'm pretty sure Protestants also suffered from lack of potatoes. I don't know about that, Kate. I think <laughs> it was only Catholics who starved during the famine. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't there, but I have it on good authority. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was it's like not COVID. Walt it didn't discriminate. <laughs> <laughs> What's interesting as well is, by, by that logic, you can date Mickey Mouse right back to the Celts. That is true. Yeah. You can date if, it right if back you to the Celts. Go like both. Like if... Fictional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's really interesting. I suppose. I suppose everyone in America is like Irish somehow. If you ask them, they were Canadian. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought that we moved to Canada. But I think Elias, or Elias, Elias, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, Charles Disney, um, he was an ardent socialist. So he was part of the socialist movement in Canada. He was a former um, businessman and farmer with little success. His um, life biography on Wikipedia is like, he tried to find gold in 1878, didn't work out for him. Then he bought a rake of land in Kansas and he tried to live as an orange grower, didn't work out for him. But then 
he went back to his father's farm, but then he built the railroad in some place famous. This is really and classic then, American, like the orange farm. Mm. Like that's that's from of, of mice and men. That's like a classic. Gold and rush. Then the, the yeah. gold rush. Yeah. Then the he had to like move back to his parents' place and work on his father's farm. With the train then track. He went the... and built the railroad. Jesus. Yeah, his contract ended there, and then he became a professional fiddle player, and that didn't work out for him. And then he went back to his dad's farm and then he became a mailman and then he became another orange farmer in Florida, which failed again. Okay. <laughs> and then his Wikipedia article ends with, oh, unlucky, Elias, you were an unsuccessful person in self-employment, but at least you had Walt. At least your entrepreneurial talents passed huh. on to Walt Disney. Did Wikipedia say that? Which is... Is that actually what Wikipedia well, said? Well, I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> not, but that, yes. not the exact wording, but that was, yeah. The yeah, it was like, well, at least his entrepreneurial talents passed on to his progeny. Something like that. Okay. Um, so I was going to say, I was going to ask like, who edited that page. That's hilarious. Get them on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but he had like how five different kids. would it be to be an orange grower? Like surely you just buy up some acreage and water your trees. And surely the second time you do it, you got like your shit you down this time. Yeah. Like, you figured out, you figured out what it is that you fucked up the first time. Yeah, mm. but no, no. Poor, poor surely, poor surely it's not enough oranges. That that's that's the fallback if you don't do it well. It's not enough oranges. He, he should double down and invest tenfold. Like, it's like you know more <laughs> or more oranges next time. That's it. <laughs> Um, but but that little piece that's like, oh, at least he passed his entrepreneurial traits on to Walt. I would be incredibly offended because he had five different children. And basically the four that they actually care to give an employment status to have all had like um, independent employment um, situations. So like number one was like, oh, I can't remember, something like a mailman or something. But he was... Uh, well, he was just a mailman. But the other guy was like, he was an independent auctioneer or something. And then both Roy and Walt were both co-creators of Disney. Yeah. And then Ruth, beside her little biography, is like, oh, she lived and then she died. And there's no mention of like what she did, what she got up to, nothing. The four boys all got like their little employment thing beside it. And Ruth, she just died in some year. That's all she got. Ruth was the one who used to like scribble Mickey Mouse when she was younger. <laughs> yeah. And, and oh. that, that's why there's this all like this big hush hush around what Ruth did in her life because like any hint that she's that, a creator. That's like, <laughs> we, we should start that conspiracy like Ruth was the one who came up with the initial concepts and then I'm sure and then her exists. and then her brothers like sectioned her and she got put into like a psychiatric hospital and lobotomized in the 1930s so like her brothers could take her intellectual property and run with it. That's like definitely like yeah. the Kennedys did that. Not not the intellectual property stuff, but they had a they had a sister that they lobotomized because she was, you know, a lot of hassle. Oh, and kept quiet kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like she, like um, the royal family. She was probably hysterical. Yeah, the royal oh, family yeah, the royal had like family. a bunch. Very womanly. Yeah, <laughs> but like, yeah, the royal family had like a bunch of extended family that they just like shoved away into hospitals in oh, Cornwall, in Scotland, because yeah. they just want to deal with the fact that they were, um, from what they saw, as defective. So, I have a little piece about the um, the Disney name. You don't really hear about anyone being called Disney, which is weird. It's it's a very distinctive name, um, and it is actually descended from the Normans. The Normans settled in Ireland around the 11th century. And they mixed with the the, the local people. Um, with the, the local people. Well, we don't know. The Celts. 
Well, we've no idea because we've no way. No way to prove that. <laughs> let's, let's just call them the Hibernians because we don't want to upset fate with the, with the sea waves. <laughs> um, and the idea is that um, the Normans um, they they weren't like um, an isolated group. They they mixed with the the natives and they became more Irish than the Irish themselves. Is the kind of quote. Mm-hmm. So basically, if the Celts existed, Disney likely uh, mixed with them and therefore descended from them. Disney being um, essentially an Irish franchise. One of the things that always comes up with Disney is, oh my God, wasn't he anti-Semitic? Yeah. It's a great question. And I definitely went into Wikipedia with this idea that I was going to unveil all of the anti-Semitism within Disney. And actually it was more annoying than that, at least via the Wikipedia narrative. So obviously with different Disney films, there were lots of ethnic stereotypes. Jim Crow. um, of Jewish people, yeah, which are definitely bad. However, the name Art Babbitt, you need to remember, because he hated Disney, hated him. But he also said Disney never used any slurs or taunts or had like anti-Semitic um, behavior or, or vibes um, w- when he was behind the scenes. Um, he, The Disney Foundation, at least, donated to Jewish charities. I'm not sure that really says a lot because you can donate to whatever you want if you have that much money. Um, But they did uh, employ Jewish people, some in very influential positions. Um, So the main consensus, at least of the Wikipedia article, was that he was not actively anti-Semitic, but he was willing to be allied with people who were. And he didn't really care that there were ethnic stereotypes portrayed. So he wasn't anti-anti-Semitic, but it would be hard to make the argument that he was actively anti-Semitic as well. It's anti-anti-Semitic, just Semitic. <laughs> no. <laughs> what, what does it's Semitic mean? semitic um, Yeah, I think when semitic you initially... Jewish uh, and pro-Semitic is pro-Jewish and anti-Semitic is anti-Jewish. So, like, you can be racist and then there are people who aren't racist, but they don't really care or they're not going to intervene if their friend says something racist. Okay. That's that kind of middle group that mm. Disney kind of falls into for um, anti-Semitism. But David's asking but about there are the root word. People. David's asking oh, no, like, Kate decided, oh, the root word. Oh, sorry. Kate decided to skip past that because she was like, I'm, I don't, I don't know. know what that means. So <laughs> yeah. I'm going to run past it. Is, is Semitic another word for Jewish? I think so. I think, I think yeah. it's like, it's something to do with being Jewish or maybe the religion or the mm. race. I'm not sure. So basically like, there's no evidence that he was like proper shit. But there was evidence that like he did, didn't really care. Yeah. So he wasn't an ally. Yeah. You know all those politicians in the states that are like, oh, I don't like the Muslims. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Sure. I guess they're anti-Semitic. Oh, interesting. Yep. So relating to or den- denoting a family of languages that includes Hebrew, Arabic, Aramaic and certain ancient languages constituting the main group of Afro-Aesthetic family. So Arabic East, being basically. included in that is okay. really interesting. So, Did you know, yeah, you've never seen the, that word. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it, it, so Semitic is like that group of languages rather than a yeah. race of people specifically. America so, definitely doesn't know that. Afro-Asiatic. 
So somewhere between Africa and Asia. Middle East. Yeah, yeah. So Middle East, so... A lot of politicians are anti-Semitic. Yeah, but that's interesting. That's interesting. But basically, from okay, nothing more than a Wikipedia search, it doesn't seem like there are obvious indicators that Walt Disney himself, and and therefore the Disney company, were anti-Semitic in the anti-Jewish understanding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's our basic end point. Yeah. Yeah, which is really interesting. Um. In fact, what they did have was um, a cartoon, a Donald Donald Duck cartoon that was anti-Nazi. So there is a a Donald Duck cartoon that's called Der Führer's Face, um, which was pro-war, anti-Nazi, and it won an Academy Award. Not very anti-Semitic, but definitely like pro the the American agenda at the time kind of thing. Um, What's kind of interesting is that it was banned from Russia in 2010. Um, for being part of extremist material. Um, they have a national list of extremist material and they were like, yeah, that belongs there. Um, so the guy who uploaded it to whatever, um, I assume some Russian guy uploaded it to the internet, he got a six-month suspended sentence. It's not a particularly harsh sentence either. Um, but in 2016, that decision was reversed and they were like, actually, there's not really... You, you can't be too extreme when it comes to being against Nazis. the Nazis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that, that's quite recent. I said this on the deleted episode, I'm going to say it again, but I just love that, the like, clearly... <laughs> yeah, that's clearly someone cared so much about this episode to go back and be like, no, we're getting this, like, off that list. Yeah. We're going to have it <laughs> <Yeah>. in Russia. <laughs> Walt Disney himself was a Democrat, until he starts making money. And then he's like, do you know what? I'm a Republican. Republicanism is kind of cool. Well, <laughs> and then he yeah. becomes a Republican <laughs> in um, the 40s. Um, and what happens is his brother, Roy, um, is like, do you know what? We're after losing a lot of money on Pinocchio and Fantasia. They're box office failures. So what we're going to do is do heavy salary cuts and we're going to do um, a public stock offering. Um, but what happens is... The animators are not very cool with all of these um, salary cuts because not only are they getting a salary cut, also Disney, uh, Walt Disney himself, is kind of shitty to employees. So he's got a high-handed, um, insensitive manner of dealing with staff. And this leads to the 1941 animators' strike. And I just want to highlight that one of the animators is called Art. Like That's, that's his name, Art. Art Babbitt. It's pretty cool. Art Babbitt. Luke remembered it the last time. <laughs> I'll give you kudos for it again. Yeah, I should have yeah. a gold star. So what happens is this animator strike goes on for five weeks. And they're striking because there's a massive disparity in how animators are paid. So some people are on $300 a week and some animators are on $12 a week. It's ridiculous. Art Babbitt is one of the best paid animators in all of Disney. But he's like actually sympathetic with the lower paid staff and he also hated disney um so they all joined a union um and disney walt disney is pissed off about this um he he has this kind of idea that his studio um that it's his it's his own studio to run and the employees should be grateful um for the the studio space that he's providing them um So a lot of people um, of his animators left to go to um, MGM or to Warner Brothers. um, And the the ones who stayed 
um, are treated with contempt. Um, and in a letter to someone else, I can't remember, he he fires some of them. And he says to this person he's writing the letter to that he um, he got rid of the, the chip on the shoulder boys and the world owes me a living boys. Mm-hmm. This is the way he sees workers. Um, he also believes that communism played a role in the strike. So he starts a campaign to blacklist the campaign, the sorry, the participants of the strike. So, for example, um, Arthur Mason Heinemann gets fired. Heinemann. And he gets Heinemann, I think. So, so he gets fired and he gets removed from the Fantasia credits that he was a part of. So, so Disney is quite angry about this. He's also um, a founder of the Motion Picture Alliance for Preservation of American Ideals, which is, as it sounds, an anti-communist group. Um, When the strike happened, Disney testified before the, this is a big institution to remember, so you should remember it, the House of Un-American Activities Committee. So there's actually like this group set up by the U.S. Congress um, that's trying to target un-American activities, which is essentially a code word for communism. Was this was so, this the group that was like really active trialing people during like McCarthyism era? Is that the same group? I'm not sure. Okay. I couldn't say yes in case I'm wrong. Hey, well, this is the editor's note to say that Kira is correct. But it sounds right. <laughs> um, well, like, because uh, what I can because say, because a lot of filmmakers and, and actors were persecuted during that period by a certain organization in case they might have been communist. Yeah, like that sounds right for that sure. It's the H U A C H U A C. So they were created in 1938, uh, and the idea was that they would be the investigative committee of the U.S. House of Representatives to investigate any disloyalty and subversive activity um, for fascist or communist ties. Is Um, it the same organization that rounded up all the Japanese and put them into internment camps during uh, World War II? No, I was going to make a Spanish Inquisition joke. I I was like, where's the Spanish Inquisition (laughs) we need Um, that's a great question, David. I'm and glad it's you brought it up. Definitely not a question we brought up in the last recording of this. I'm glad you brought it up in the last recording because I was able to go back and make sure that I had my facts correct. Basically, oh, no. no, they're not the guys who did the um, the Japanese internment camps. However, they are the same guys who made an argument to Congress that we should do Japanese internment camps. <laughs> so, um, just to give you an idea of how um, oh how ideology can kind of dictate what your values are. Um, the the House of Un-American Activities Committee um, were once like, oh, hey, should we investigate the um, the KKK? And um, one of their members was like, don't be daft. The KKK is an old American institution. So of course you want to investigate it. It's completely American. So it wasn't like, oh, we're going to be a great, um, I don't know, symbol for society or something. It was just, are we American or are we yeah. basically Russian? Um, to give credit to them, about 20 years later, they did investigate the KKK. So they took their time, but they got there eventually. Um, that's basically my entire section. Anyway, thank you so much, everyone, oh, yeah, for, for listening. listening. Thanks, um, that, that was the re-recording of D, 
It took four hours. <laughs> um, yeah. It's not going to be four hours of recording by the time you get to this. Um, there's a lot of drinking involved um, and a lot of banter and a lot of friendship. I forgot one of the cool things about the animator strike, um, which and I we're back in. <laughs> <laughs> we're right back in. Um, the which I'll put up on the the Instagram and possibly Twitter if I have time. From the animator strike, um, one of the shots is that they have the signs up that are like. Um, so keep in mind, this is right after Pinocchio and Fantasia completely bombed. Um, fail yeah. yeah bombed better word at the uh, box office is um the animators um all their wages get reduced and they have signs up there like there ain't no strings on me and it's like oh that's nice mm-hmm. <laughs> i'll put that up i'm very yeah. surprised that pinocchio was a bomb because like, I, I would have thought that's a really yeah. iconic yeah. Disney movie. that's one of the classics yeah. Yeah. yeah i didn't know that at all that's really interesting but it was that was only based on box office wasn't it yeah, it's yeah. just fun. So, like, uh, DVD sales just through the roof. Disney <laughs> obviously didn't video. have their, like, cinema monopoly yet that they had I when you were working. They didn't. If you like this episode, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube as podcast at podcastonlycans. You can email us at podcastonlycans at gmail.com. Uh, beyond that, we are good to go. So thank you very much, Kira, for joining us. Thank you for You're having me. A fabulous guest. Yes, yes. Yeah. Save D for Disney. Uh, thank you. It was, it was really, really good. Very informed so advice. So everyone tune into Queer Tales next week. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So if you have any uh, suggestions for future letters, for uh, sure. email yeah. us, message us on any social media platform. Ideally, uh, Instagram. Make your own podcast Ideally, as Instagram. a rebuttal yeah. to our podcast oh, with your yeah, suggestion. Nice. Yeah. Be fun. doing a podcast when you're drunk is that I felt that we were all hilarious but I don't think the people listening are going to feel the same way <laughs> yeah. but, uh, we unless you're drinking too yeah. so if you when we crack those cans the recommendation is you also crack at least three cans yeah. <laughs> yeah. depending yeah. on your body weight you should like translate nope. the cans <laughs> I think, I think oh yeah the heavier drink more drink more yeah your goal is to drink one can per person on the podcast yes when we have a guest like Kira it's four cans instead of the normal three yeah, yeah. and if you haven't been doing that that's you have to catch up now for this you one need to yeah. catch up <laughs> yeah And your mano with 13 and a half inch stick, give me a call. (laughs) (laughs) No one's going to know about that, Luke, because we have to cut that part out.